This is Indian Noir, India's number one horror, crime and dark fantasy storytelling podcast. Bhangad Part 3 The auto rickshaw driver encouraged his rickety vehicle to dare the portholes and dips on the unpaved road to Bhangad. He had not spoken a word to his passengers. He didn't need to. Raju was doing all the talking. The tantric who cursed the town lived in a hut over there, Raju said, pointing to the towering dark shape of a hill in the distance. Legend has it that when the king of Bhangad refused to give his daughter in marriage to the tantric, he cast a spell on the king, which crippled him. The tantric then kidnapped his daughter. No one heard from him or the poor girl for months. Finally, because of the plays of the queen, who was dying to see a glimpse of her daughter, he came back alone to tell her what had happened. The tantric's appearance had changed. He arrived in yellow robes. His face was covered by a mask. He told the queen about the fate of her daughter. No one knows exactly what he said, but the queen leapt off the balcony and fell to her death. Raju narrated as the rickshaw rattled towards its destination. Raju continued. The tantric left, but he must have left the taint of evil on this place because a thriving township of thousands of citizens suffered many misfortunes. Famines, deaths, people vanishing into thin air. Tarek snapped to attention at this comment. Do people go missing in the ruins now? Tarek asked. No, not recently, Daju said. I mean, who knows? Nobody ventures out there past sunset. But if you are stupid enough to do so, not even God can save you. It is said that if you come here after 6pm, a curse will follow you home. Tarek sighed as he gazed at the menacing dark foliage lining both sides of the road. Only my family knows the real reason for the horrible plight of this place. Raju continued. You want to hear? You want to hear, sir? This is top secret stuff. Not even my girlfriend Paro knows about it. But you are a top fellow, sir. I will tell you. Carry on, Tarek said, rolling his eyes. The last Raja of Bhangad had a nephew who went to study in France. He became obsessed with a certain play that he wanted to translate into many Indian languages. He came back to the palace after his studies. It is said that the moment he began translating the work in one of the chambers in the Haveli, strange things started happening around the township. Dogs howled, owls hooted, people jumped into wells, babies were murdered. It all went downhill from there, sir. 
People left the town in droves and once all the members of the royal family were dead, it was abandoned, Raju said. Including the translator of the cursed work, Tarek asked. Clearly Raju's storytelling abilities and his charm were starting to melt Tarek's jaded heart. But there was another reason for his sudden interest. The image of the ancient man who accosted him on the park bench popped into Tarek's head every time Raju mentioned the nephew who was hell-bent on translating the infernal work. Sir, the stories I told you about the place, no one else will tell you these things. These have been passed down from my forefathers. So, I hope you will tip extra for my special service. Tarek didn't respond. He slipped into anxious thoughts about what he was going to discover when he reached the ruins. He wore a white linen shirt underneath a trekking jacket and a pair of khaki pants with plenty of pockets filled with spare batteries for his torch, a multi-purpose toolkit and small packs of biscuits. He had also brought along a spare torch for Raju and a steel flask filled with water that he could strap to his belt. He was prepped to explore. Raju, on the other hand, looked totally unprepared for the task that lay ahead and Tarek choked this to his prior experience. The silent driver braked the vehicle and sat idling the engine. We have reached our destination, sir, Raju said with a smile. The beam of light from the rickshaw's headlamp and a half-moon cast a ghostly light over the remains of the ancient town. Founded in the 16th century, the township of Bhangad was now a ruined cemetery of fort walls, bazaars, havelis, temples and royal palaces peppered along a green valley. Tarek exited the vehicle, switched on his torch and gave the other one to Daju. Wait for us. We might be here for a few hours. There is more money in it for you, Tarek said to the driver who nodded in the shadows of the vehicle. Tarek tried to catch a glimpse of his face but couldn't. The driver switched off the engine. He doesn't say much, does he? Tarek said. I didn't realize we were going to be here for hours, Raju said looking distressed. The bravado he had displayed throughout the ride suddenly vanished. I will be honest with you. I am here to look for my son. I believe he is trapped somewhere in the ruins, Tarek said. What? Why didn't you tell me this? How do you know he is trapped here? Raju said. He wrote to me, Tarek said, knowing how ridiculous he sounded. Wait, that makes no sense, sir. We need to tell the police, sir, right now. Let's go back and do that, Raju said. Tarek realized that while Raju's non-stop chatter was annoying and his desire to fleece him was unpleasant, the young man was more switched on than he was. Raju could see the gaping holes in the logic that spilled out of Tarek's grief-crazed mind. Tarek placed both his hands on Raju's shoulders. Please, I am a father who has lost his only son. I beg you, help me look for my son. I just want to walk the ruins calling out his name. If we don't hear from him in a few hours, we will go to the authorities immediately. I promise. Please, please help me.
Tarek said. Raju looked around in discomfort. I will give you more money, Tarek said pleadingly. Raju nodded. At the entrance to Bhangad, a board installed by the Archaeological Society of India screamed warnings about entering the ruins after sunset in multiple languages. The crowing scent of floral shrubs assailed their nostrils as they stepped through the front gates which were wide open. The sounds of animals baying and moaning in the hills filled the night air as Tarek and Raju entered the ruins. Beyond the first wall were the ruins of the mostly intact temples which evoked the beauty of Naga architecture. Palms and other structures that facilitated worship flanked these beautiful buildings. While the places of worship were stunning, they possessed a silent agony which radiated out of their weathered stone facades as a low-level hum. The ominous state of the place rattled Tarek's mental state. He convinced his mind that any abandoned building would of course look ominous during night time. He illuminated their ruined surfaces with the light from his torch and rescued them from the shroud of darkness. He asked his mind to guard itself against unwanted suggestions of spectral machinations as he continued on. Vipul! Vipul! Tarek started calling out his son's name and Raju joined in. They walked on in this manner, calling out the young man's name and casting light from their torches over overgrown ruins and into their shadowy innards. There was no response, but occasionally they would halt in fear as their calls would be answered by creatures hidden in the hills that surrounded Bhangad. They walked through another open gate that led them through the second set of fortifications which housed what was once the business and the residential precincts of the old township. The abandoned buildings in this section were worse off compared to the ones in the temple district. Roofs were missing, entire walls had crumbled down into vertical piles of shattered rock slabs that resembled cairns dedicated to some unknown evil deity. People would have once dwelled and conducted business in these streets, Tarek thought as he continued calling out his son's name. In the darkness, the boughs of the low-set trees seemed to host thin-taloned arms ready to come alive at the slightest provocation. Occasionally, the light from the torches revealed what looked like blue satanic eyes that peered from the murky innards of the ruined market complex. Tarek dismissed these visual aberrations as tricks played by light and shadows. Raju had grown increasingly fearful and jumped at the most innocent of sounds, mostly made by scared lizards scampering away into the bushes. Tarek did not blame Raju. On one or two occasions, he was startled by the sound of stones being pelted at walls, 
or what sounded like distant whispers. On close consideration, Tariq was willing to concede that these may have been the doings of nocturnal animals that freely wandered the ruins. The ominous-looking single-storied Haveli leered at them from the distance. Its arched windows formed dark mouths and the dilapidated brickwork radiated an aura of sadness. Once it was a grand monument, several stories high, but time had reduced the stunning rooftop garden and the royal chambers into a pile of rubble. Only a few stories of the building were intact. That is the last place to look, sir, Raju said. Tarek nodded. Thank you. Keep calling Vipul's name. Tarek and Raju had only taken a few steps when they were startled by a shocking sight. They both spotted the phenomenon at the same time. A flame appeared at one of the arched windows of the Haveli and then disappeared. Tarek's heart started thumping in his chest. You saw that, didn't you? Tarek asked. Yes, yes, Raju said in a wavering voice. Come on, let's get up there, Tarek said. He stormed ahead of Raju who jogged behind him whispering a prayer. Vipul, Vipul, Tarek shouted. Sir, are you sure? Raju said panting. There was no bravado left in the man. Just follow me and keep calling out to my son, Tarek said. They entered the open gates of the Barbican and jogged up the sloping stone path that wound around a few times before linking up to the entrance to the dark Haveli. The baying sounds from the hill intensified, as if the very act of their entering the building pained whatever souls lamented on those green slopes. Are you ready? Tarek said to Daju. I will need you to guide me from here. Daju gulped and nodded. Beads of sweat bathed his forehead. He was licking his lips like a man who had incited water for days in the desert. Together, the two men entered the Haveli, bearing torches. <laughs>